0: Maybe. It's, it's it a, work. Work. just a number, phone number. Mm-hmm. A, number. Mm-hmm. A, what? a phone number, that's It's not good. good. Uh, that's the number you punched in. It's saying here that there's a problem with the phone number. There another phone number? It's saying here that indicate there's a problem with the phone number. Maybe punching a number. So it works. Yeah. Okay, okay Shabbat over, everybody. Bon so we have a lot to talk about, a lot, and I have to get this off my chest. And everywhere, everywhere I go, I, I, I start off with this point. Some of you on the Shabbos already heard these points, but we have to just say them again. Uh, we didn't even start the year yet. Right, we had Rosh Hashanah for those who are in Uman, it was unbelievable we had Yom Kippur we had Sukkot, and then right in the morning of Simchat Torah, boom it was the Nets, by the way 6.30 in the morning approximately was Nets in Eretz Yisrael, right in the morning right in the morning, okay and the year technically begins on Simchat Torah the day, Shoshana Rabbah is the finishing of the of the Kvito, the Pit kataba, the, the the judgment from Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur that's why it's called Hoshanah Rabbah Hoshanah Na is 51 so from Rosh Chodesh Elul until Hoshanah Rabbah is 51 days and, the, and the, the finalization of the Psak on your Mishpat and the sending it out is on Hoshanah Rabbah plus on the night of Simchat Torah you're given uh, another judgment of your Parnassah Rabbi Nachman says on, when you say Vemuna Kozot on, on, on the, the Mariv of Simchat Torah shmin your Parnassah for the whole year is, is declared so, the finalizations are the night of Simchat Torah, Hoshana Rabbah, leaving the actual beginning of the year, the morning of Simchat Torah. And what happened? Hashem didn't wait even one second. He didn't waste even one second. And right in the morning, boom, we hear, we, we hear what happened with this crazy pogrom, okay? We're going to try to pick up positive messages, what Hashem is trying to tell us to do, at least from a of perspective, is that Hashem? Number one, it happened on Simchat Torah. It's supposed to be the happiest day of the year, and the happiest day of celebrating your Yiddishkeit. Maybe Nachman, he told Rav Nosen, "Did you dance this year on Simchat Torah?" He said, "I was so happy, I even danced by myself this year." And and Rav Nosson said, "When you think about it, the dancing on Simchat Torah is one of the greatest times of expression of your of feeling good about your Yiddishkeit. That wow, this makes a difference. I'm dancing with the Simchat Torah because I'm part of this thing. That's why I'm dancing." Number one, number two, the first thing we all heard about was the unfortunate Nova Festival of these teenagers, three thousand teenagers celebrating, not knowing, not not ever, not experiencing ever true Simcha in their life. Because if they would have experienced Simcha of Shabbat and Kedusha of what it means to be a Jew, they wouldn't do that. It's only because they're lost, poor souls, poor 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 souls. So they were looking for Simcha in another format. If it's smoking, if it's dancing on Shabbat Yom Tov, right? That's number two. Number three, number three, the hostages. That young people even were taking hostages. Hurt it hurt very much. I cried, and we all well cried. What does it say in the Torah? Parshat Kitavo, Parshat it mentions 98 curses. Of them, it says there, Banecha, Bashevi, basheviya. we children, were taking hostages. And in the curses, the 98 curses of Kitavo, the Torah says why? Tacha et Hashem Okay? you see recurring, recurring, simcha, simcha, simcha. So in other words, the world, their approach, at least even in the firm world, the Torah world, the tzaddikim, the mekubalim, the rabbanim, we got to do tshuva, we got to do more shemetalashon, we got to do more chesed, we got to do more this. Very good, it makes sense, yeah. But when we look looking from a breast of perspective, what's really going on is there's a hint that we have to work on being the simcha. If you're ready, So more simcha. And if you're not so start now. You gotta work on it. That's the key. Now, the key here is besimcha. The goyim, their whole thing in galut is atzvut. When the goyim attack Jewish people, what's their concern? To make us feel bad. To make us when when, uh, when in the when Arab Yemach uh, Shema Hamastik takes the Facebook of the grandmother and he shows the grandchildren how he's killing the grandmother. So what's his intent? He's not just wants to kill the person. He wants the family to feel bad. They feel guilty, they feel ich, they feel negative, they feel sad. Okay? If we fight back with anger and chaos, we're going to kill you, we're going to smash you, and that's what they want. They want to hear that, that the Jewish people are like that. What's our weapon? Our weapon is ma'amash simcha. Okay? That these are signs of Mashiach coming? I don't think so. Because Rabbi Nachman says clearly, when Mashiach comes, it's going to be out of Simcha. It's going to be out of dinim and judgments and worry and war. Oh, Gog and Magog. <laughs> Gog and Magog, by the way, Rav Nosin, he received a transmission of a book called Megilat Sitarim. Megilat Setarim were secrets of what's going to happen from Rabbi Nachman's time until Mashiach comes. He revealed these secrets to Rav Nosen and Rav Naftali, his other disciple. And he told them that only two people per generation are allowed to know of these secrets. Okay? That means, who passed on first, which Rav Nossin passed away in 1844. Rav Naftali revealed it to someone else. His name was Rav Aaron When Rav Naftali passed away 20 years later, in 1870-something, Rav Aaron revealed it to another best lover, Rav Avram ben Rav Nachman. And this Avram ben Rav Nachman, we don't know if he revealed it, and to Because he was very good in keeping his mouth Quiet and, and keeping a secret. He was very good in containing. He passed away in 1917. So today nobody knows that who has the transmission. Okay, but however, Rav Nosen, he said one thing. He said Rabbi Nachman didn't mention anything at all of Gog and Magog. Nothing, nothing. We all think Gog and Magog, and we have a joke. Gog is really today Google. That's Google. <laughs> Google is Gog. Okay. He didn't mention even one thing about Gog and Magog. So Rav Nosson says. I understand, I understood from this, that we're already in the middle of Gogu Magog. Gogu Magog is the attack on Yiddishkeit. That means we're already 250 years from the Reform Movement, from the Maskilium, the, the Enlightened Movement of the, of, the, of the mid-1700s. We're already in the middle. That we're in a situation for the first time in the history of the the world that the majority of Jewish people in the world don't know what Shema Yisrael is, don't know what Kashrut is, don't know what Shabbat is. How many Jews are we now? 16 million in the world? Of them, how many are from? How many are keeping to our mitzvah? Okay, (laughs) maybe one million, a million and a half. How many from Yidin in the world? How many? Okay, the majority are detached, assimilated, Hollywood, whatever, okay? finish. What's going on? So we're in a situation where this... This maka Rav says this is Gogumagog. The Midrash even hints to that. The Midrash says that um, that uh, Esav. Last last week's parsha. <laughs> he said, I'm going to kill Yaakov once Yitzchak passes away. I'm not going to kill him now. I'm going to wait for Yitzchak, my father, to pass away, and then I'm going to kill Yaakov. So paro, the Midrash says he said about Esav. Esav, you're stupid. You wait to kill. He waited to kill Yaakov. In the meantime, Yaakov has children and grandchildren and now he's flourishing. That's not not one person. It's like seventy it's like the twelve tribes, it's it's now going up. So power says, I'm not gonna wait. He tells the, the midwives, Uritem Allah of nine You see, as soon as the child is born and you kill every boy. Okay? So then Haman comes along and he says about power, power, you are stupid. You kill only the boys? <clears throat> what? A woman, a Jewish woman. She has children, they're not Jewish. Give me Shemar Zagor, the children are Jewish. What did you accomplish, Paro, <clears throat> uh, by killing just the boys? You know, the, the women are also uh, Jewish. Me, Haman said, Taf and Hashim, everyone, men, women, children, I'm going to do it with everybody, right? It's about one second. <clears throat> so then, Gog comes along, and he says about Haman, Haman, you're stupid. What, you think, as long as the Jews are connected to their Lord, you can't do if you, can't, you can't touch them. You can't do it they the What I'm going to do, I'm going to separate the connection between the Jewish people and, and their, their God. Once that's severed, I can do it with the Yerim. So Hashem says, ah, Gog, you want to fight me, huh? So I'll bring you to Israel and here I'll have your downfall. This is what the Midrash says. But you see the point from the Midrash that Gog's after the religion. Gog is after the Yiddish Kites. So to say that started now, <laughs> it's already, we're already 200 years inside of this already. Okay? That we're holding on is from Yirin, that's already a miracle. That there's still Yirin who are, who have some connection to Emuna with all the darkness of atheism and technology and everything, it's a big miracle. Okay? So, so Gog and Magog, if you want to say, it's not a physical war, it's a spiritual war. And this signs what's going on in the world, there's not an indication. The indication will be, abundance of Simcha in the world. The Pasuq says, Ki and another Pasuk from Shem Alot, Az Yom Muba Goyim, Higd Hashem Nasot Imele, Higdashem Nasot Imanu, Hayinu Mechim, the Goim are saying this, Az Yom Mubaim, the Goyim will say, pshigd Hashem Nasot Imele, that what Hashem did greatness wonders for these people, the Jewish people. And in reality, those in fact this Higd Hashem Nasot Imanu. What was good for the Jews was for our benefit. And now, haim mechim, and now we're happy. happy. The goyim are saying we're happy. And that's what the psukim say. But the the goyim are going to take by hand every single Jew and bring them back to Yisrael. So what's the indicator to Mashiach? It's davka simcha. Not pacha, not worried and everything. Okay? So this is possibly one of the clear... I mean, you have to be stupid not to see that. Simcha Torah and all the things that they're attacking is on the mida of simcha. And our weapon to fight back is davka B'simcha, Bezat Okay, so this I had to, to clarify. Now we want to go into a, a story, Bezat Hashem, a story about Rabbi Nachman and his disciple Reb Rabbi, Rabbi Nachman is a student named Reb and they were once traveling in the wagon, and Rabbi Nachman was in a state of Dvekis, eyes closed, and he wasn't there. And at that moment, the wagon passed by a village not far from Breslev, where Reb had a cousin was a shtickle connected to the rabbi, to Rabbi Nachman and he wanted very much, Rav that the, the Rabbi Nachman come to the, his house and give him a bracha so he took the opportunity, Rabbi Nachman was in a state of vikud; he didn't want to bother him he told the driver on his own initiative, turn into this village he turned in, they stopped in front of his cousin's house when they did that, Rabbi Nachman opened his eyes and Rav opened the door and the rabbi was like following like sweet, following him <coughs> so they went out and Rabbi Chaiko knocked on his cousin's door and he almost fainted. He saw Rabbi Nachman at his door and he's like, oh my God, like, what is this? So Rabbi Chaiko says, can you, can you invite us in? He says, yeah, but I have nothing to give you guys. I have nothing. He said, no, you have no, no mizot, no cakes to honor the Rebbe? He said, nothing. So he said, maybe take your wife's Shabbos candlesticks and just, you know, pawn them for a moment, you know, get some money for them and buy something. He said, well, right away, right away. He took the candlesticks. <laughs> His wife was candlesticks, silver candlesticks. He went to like some neighbor quickly. He probably got some money and he went to uh, the bakery next door, whatever. Got some cakes. Don't and try this at home. No. Don't, try <laughs> don't try. this at home. <laughs> All right. He got some cakes and he prepared a table, cakes and drinks for the Rebbe. And then while they were sitting down and eating from the mezonot, the children of the cousin passed by. And this is in the winter. No shoes, tattered clothing, no shoes abject poverty the kids have no shoes so Rav Chaiko told Rabbi Nachman Rachmanus look give him a bracha Rabbeinu please give him a bracha so Rabbi Nachman said I have no bracha to give for him and if you want you give him a bracha and started to panic he said, "I'm scared to give her bracha. He might kill me because I you know you're you're, you're telling you're, you're telling me you don't want to give her bracha. And tell me yes to give her bracha. Maybe you don't want, and I forgive her bracha and get in trouble." The rabbi said, "No, no. I'm not going to kill you. Don't worry. I'm not going to punish you. If you want, I'm giving you permission. You give her bracha." And he asked again and again, "Are you sure? Yes. You give her bracha. Are you sure? Yes." So he asked everybody to move out to the side, including Rabbi Nachman. And he asked the his cousin, "Bring me a bucket of water with a ladle, a big spoon." He brought him that and with the ladle he poured water on the middle of the floor of the house and with his hands he pushed to the north ab- and he said abundance to shefa to the north abundance to the south abundance to the east abundance to the west okay and then they left right after they left within a few hours the the cousin hears a banging on the door like you know ukrainian banging Allo, allo, whatever you know the ukrainian tough uh uh Kosaka bang- banging he opens the door, it's a group of these Ukrainian hunters who came to this village to sell their, their furs from the animals they hunt. And he said, let us in, we want to eat something. He said, I have nothing to give you guys. Cool. He, said, he said, take mine, they gave him like a stack of money, go buy us right now some f- drink and, and we, make us a soup, you know, something, we're cold. And, and he said, we, we have no koach to go to the Kretschma, the, 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 the hotel down, down the block over there. We're, we're cold, we're tired, we're here. So he said, right away. So he went and he bought them some stuff. They were happy. They said, we like it here. We want to stay here also. <coughs> he said, okay, we'll pay you, we'll pay you. And they paid him. <coughs> they said, listen, we come here like once a month, once every every two weeks, whatever. So we want to come back here again when we come back. Here's already a, pre, a down payment. And before we come, we want you to buy us already some food and stuff like that. And here's a profit for you. So things started to move. They came back. They were happy, they stayed over, and he had the food ready. They said, you know, we're thinking <laughs> yeah. to make you our representative in this village and these areas because we come from far, and it's a shlep that we come here. We'd like you to sell for us our, our furs and everything, and we'll give you a profit and everything. He said, okay. So he started selling, they started bringing him, and he started storing in his house the furs and everything, and he was doing pretty well, and, and as a prophet, he decided, you know what, I'll expand it, I'll sell also cheese and dairy, and he started doing well, getting things moving, so he would come to the the, sh- the day, the market day in Breslev and the market by the way that's where Rabbi Nachman lived, Rabbi Nachman lived his house, his windows faced the market it's still standing today by the way, there's the old market of Breslev and there's approximately where they think the Rabbi's house was in that area right? so this cousin he would come back and from time to time he would give some tzedakah to Rabbi Nachman he would come you know, to say hi or whatever, to say hello as a, as a chassid whatever, Rabbi Nachman was uh, you know, close but far and he was doing well, like, you know, those tradesmen running around, buying and selling, buying and selling, that he had no more time to see the Rebbe anymore. He was too busy with his Parnassah, too busy, too busy, okay? So, a while passed, and one day, it was a market day in Breslev, and the Rebbe got up from his seat, he went to the window, and he sees this cousin now, he's not a wealthy businessman, he's dressed up nice and everything, expensive Gucci clothing, okay, And, and he's running, buying and selling, buying and selling, and the Rebbe knocks on the window so he can hear, like, loud. And the cousin, the, the cousin of Rav Haikou turns his head to the Rebbe and he goes, like, me? He said, yeah. <laughs> so he got scared, you know, the Rebbe's calling me. So he comes towards the Rebbe. The Rebbe says, Shalom Aleichem, how are you? He said, Mocha So the Rebbe says to the, 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 the cousin, tell me, did you have a chance to look at the sky today? So he said, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but why should I look at the sky? Let's look at this guy So at that time Rav Chaikul His cousin was in the house of, of the Rebbe And the Rebbe called over Rav Haikul, Come Reb come Chaikul I want, I, want, I want you to hear this So Rav Chaikul came to the window So you have the cousin, Rav Chaikul and the Rebbe And the Rebbe said to the cousin Listen, in 50 years from now There's going to be another market today like this With different horses Different merchandise And you and I will not be here in 50 years So I'm asking you why don't you have time to look at the sky? And then the Rebbe turned to Rav Haikal, This is your bracha. This is your bracha. You're, you you give him a bracha of Shefa. He does not have even time to look at the sky. This is why I didn't give him a bracha. I let you give him the bracha because we have such rachmanut. But I, I, he foresaw that he's not going to have time to look at the sky. The idea of looking at the sky, taking a break and looking at the sky is the concept of Yishevadat. Yeshuvadat, the greatest gift in life. Is so that you have that time where you turn off your smartphone, you turn off everything, and you just reconnect to Hashem. If you don't have that, you could be running, I have 10 sedarim, I have my there, I have this, and then, and then. you're running, learning, learning, learning. But like they have a joke in Mary Shiva in Israel. The guy's is so busy learning, he has no time to think about Hashem. He's always learning and learning. Need, how about Hashem? Do you, do you ever take time? You need, okay, you're absorbing, 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 but do you have time to think about Hashem? That's the, that's the goal. Yishuv Hadat. Rabbi Nachman calls this, it's a bracha. It's called the bracha of Le Ashev ula That the mind should be settled and organized. An, an analogy, you have a guy who has a warehouse. And, 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 and the merchandise is coming in. One truck after the next is coming to unload merchandise, and there's no time to start to organizing. So we tell the truck driver, just put everything here and go. There's another truck coming. Another truck comes. He, he, he unloads the merchandise, and now there's a balagan in the, in the, in the warehouse. <laughs> there's like all merchandise. So they say, no more trucks until we organize it. So too... You're learning Torah. You're learning Yiddishkeit. Okay, everything's coming in, coming in, coming in. But who says that automatically? It's an automatic thing of the mind that your mind knows where to put the Gemara, the Halacha, the Midrash, the Zohar, the Chassidut, whatever you're learning. Who says that automatically it happens? It's a bracha in itself. It's called the, You need a bracha for this to happen. Because without this bracha, you could be learning a lot. We could be crazy. There's what the Baal Shem Tov called the Bezer Lamdan. Someone who learns above his level, his level of emuna is all the way down here, but his brain capacity to do the art school gemaras and everything is all the way up here. Hey, hey, buddy, your moon is down here, your, your chemaim is down here, your brain capacity is up here. That's not good. Anyone whose intellect, brain capacity, and learning is above his maasim, the maasim is connected to the emuna of the person. So what is it compared to Perkei Like a tree that has a very thin stem, right? And many, many, many branches. ba ruach kimah ve Right, uh, a, 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 Not even a strong wind comes and is able to push down the tree. So that's the idea. The idea is that we should have amuna at least at the level of the Dat. So what that means, Yeshuva Dat takes everything you're learning in your life but puts it in the right place, when things are in the right place, then you're functioning properly. Your Yiddishkeit is functioning, your davening is functioning properly, your, your daily living as a Jew is functioning properly. It's not like, okay, I'm running after learning, 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 but you're not changing. What's happening to your learning? So this is why it's such an important thing to have I We see clearly, people who don't do Hidvodidut, their mama's crazy. <laughs> people who don't take time, a little bit of time to connect to Hashem and they're all day running, running, running even from people, even in the Torah belt but they don't have the time for Yeshiva they're, they're mamashnats because you do, what are you doing with all, all that you're absorbing where's it going? Okay, it has to be misudar. this is the power of Yeshiva the key, Rabbi Nachman teaches Yeshiva is true it's hit bodidut, but he says more than this the key for Yeshiva lesson 10 part 2 is simcha simcha and Yeshiva go hand in hand if you have simcha, amitit, then this affects your yishmadat. Then you're learning, and everything has a goal, has a purpose. You're learning for a reason. You're just learning because you want to learn and have the Torah. I finish shas. I'm a rabbi. I have a shas one hundred one. You know, Gemara one hundred one, Jewish philosophy one hundred one. You're you're, lo- you're learning because I put it in this box called simcha and emuna, and in that I'm learning. Even a lot, little, I'm not concerned about I'm concerned that I become a better Jew, that I change. My midot, change and everything. I was once escorting the Rav Mechel Dorfman, Shabbat morning. I was very close to him, 10 years, Rav Mechel Dorfman. And every Shabbos morning, it was Genned walking with him from the breast of Shul in Me'asharim to his house. He would speak in Hebrew. In the Shul, he spoke in Yiddish. Sipur Ma'asiyah, Shabbos morning after Kiddush. We'd walk him home, and we would hear the most... Straightforward. Even his, he would say the same thing over and over again, but it was so refreshing. So once there was like a Litvish bachur, who was a family member of somebody, and when we got to Reb house, he said, "Please, Rav Rebbe, give me a bracha." in my learning, in my Torah learning, and everything. So Reb smiled. He's not going to give you a bracha. Then you have t'mimut and pshitut i give you bracha for the simplicity and honesty, because that will be the key for your Hatzlach and learning. If you have tmimut and pshitut, in that you'll put your learning and it'll be Matsneah. It'll, it'll flourish. So this was a big a big a big message, okay? Fine. So now this yeshuvadat, it's also um, to get to it from heaven, they push a person, Bedafka, to be in what's called waiting mode. In other words, when Shamaim sees that you are ready and capable to reach high levels, and these high levels require that you have what's called yeshivatot. So, from heaven they push you back and give you what's called a waiting, waiting stage. You're you're in like the waiting room, okay? And this waiting stage is meant to build your emuna and build your vessels, your kelim, that you have strong enough kelim to receive light from a very high level. When they see a person is ready for big time yiddishkeit. So the initial, uh, initial stage of experiencing that is a person has a setback. Yeah. And it's a test. The setback is a test to see whether you are, are worthy or not for the next level. Why is that? Because the main test in Shamayim is do you have the level of emuna. <coughs> emuna meaning to believe that the pushback is really a stage of growth and you have to wait. Are you ready for that or not? Because if you're not ready for that, so you're not going to advance. That's a big test now, okay? So so he says, Rabbi Nachman, that this stage of Hamten, the waiting, yeah. is connected to this... Oh boy. My wife just told me there's a massacre. Did you hear this? 1929, 1,000. Oh, it went up the number. Shem The massacre. I just got a notification. We have to be with Simcha. Oh, okay. okay? My wife sent an update of the massacre from uh, Simcha Torah. It went up to one th- almost 2,000 now. But be happy now. We have to be happy. Not we're sad, but we have to be happy. We have to do, have to do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> now? Six hundred more? Just now. She just told me. Now. <laughs> With the, maybe the, the soldiers? I don't know. We'll see about them. Hashem i Alright, so going back, this stage of of experiencing something that's really going to bring you a big light in your life, it's called, in Kabbalah, it's called the level of the Keter the Keter. And the Keter, to to perceive it, you need patience, which Rabbi Nachman says is connected to another word similar etymologically. It's a word called Katar. It's a pasuk from Iov. Katar lize'er v'achaveka. Elihu said to Iov, wait for me a little and I'll answer you back. So waiting in Aramaic, Katar is similar to Keter and he teaches that this is something unique to this level called the Keter. In that, to perceive it, you have to wait. You have to wait, as opposed to learning pshat, remez, drash, sod, gemara, midrash, halacha, where it, it's the whole thing is accumulation. I have a seder one day, two days, three days, and I'm advancing. I finished the mashechta. I finished the whole section of shulchan Aruch. I finished the midrash. I finished the zohar. I've, I'm finishing, 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 which is advancement. That's on those four levels. So they're there. It's a different type of amuna. But now on this high level called Keter, the the way to perceive it is you're pushed back. That's how you you, you prepare yourself for this high level. You're being pushed back and you have to wait. Okay? So before we continue, we have to now uh, give a perspective of where we're holding in world history before Mashiach comes. Okay? We've passed through now four Galuyot. Mitzrayim, Bavel. Yavan and Edom, okay? We're presently at the end of Edom. Each Galut, believe it or not, corresponds to a different type of challenge and a different level of revelation of the Torah needed. So to explain, Mitzrayim is Milashon Mitzach, tightness, okay? The Jews in Galut Mitzrayim their main challenge in their connection to Hashem and their Judaism before receiving the Torah Sinai was to be squeezed, tightened, and tightened, and tightened. So, for them, what was needed to bring them chayut and connection to God was just a level of pshat. In other words, the Jews in Egypt were at such a high level, believe it or not, that for them, pshat was enough to give them chayut. Pshat was enough to give them that strength to hold on. In that galut of Mitzrayim, the Pshat level of the Torah, even though the Torah has all the depths hidden in it, but the Pshat level was enough for the Jews in Mitzrayim to have a connection to Hashem. Next level was Babel. Babel is from the like Rashi says, Bilbul. Bala letakol, Bilbel letakol, Rashi says in Pashat Noach, right? So Bilbul is a confusion, okay? Where now, it's not like a, 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 a tightness, it's not, I'm confused. Because now everything is upside, there's a confusion here, a bilbul. So for that, the second level of the Torah came into place, which is remez, remazim. The pshat now is not enough to give them chayut. Proof is they fell into exile. The exile happened because the Jews fell off. So Nebuchadnezzar came, destroyed the first temple. So there was a bilbul, meaning the Torah level of pshat wasn't enough to give them chayut. Now a higher depth It was always there. But the Jewish people working at the time of Galut Bavel was the chayot came from the Ramazim. The Ramazim hinted to in the Torah. The next level. Fine, that's in Bavel, Yavan, and we're going to Chanukah next week, so it's, a, it's, a, it's in Yadimah a little. Yavan, is, like they say, is milashon yeven metzula, quicksand. You're sinking. It's not like time where you're being squeezed. In Yavan, you're sinking, help, help, I'm going down. And there's a panic, Yavan, okay? For Yavan, the level of Drush was needed to be revealed, the third level of the Torah, where a darshan, what does a darshan do? The darshan, he digs deep in what's hidden in the Torah, okay? Hidden, in other words, not in the the Kabbalistic level, but hidden messages, you have to dig to find them, and he gives a very presentable perspective of what we can learn from the Torah on a Musar perspective, on a moral level. So for the Jews in Yavan, where they're in quicksand, to get out, to hold on, maintain themselves, the level of drash was needed. Finally, Adom, Edom, Galut Edom, which is milashon medame, the imagination, a distortion of the imagination, the dimyonot, Okay, that this final leg of galut presents and presented. So now all three levels wasn't enough. What was needed now was the sod. That's why in this last galut, we have the revelation of the Zohar, Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai, the revelation of the Arizal, and the Kabbalah, to give that fourth level enhancement of the Torah, to keep the Jews around. In other words, the three levels wasn't enough. When the Inquisition happened, and Jews were so mixed up and frustrated and everything, they were looking for meaning in the Torah to give them chayut. And at that time, the Kabbalah came to be revealed, being a consolation how to hold on in this terrible galut of taking people who were in Spain for for a thousand years and so much Torah, and they just pff, mixed it up and mix everything up, okay. And then later on, tachvetat. Ruchmanitzky mixing up all the Yeshiva world. when No one had the Yeshiva data to learn. Everyone's on the run, so people needed some deeper meaning in the Torah, and that's how the Kabbalah came in. But now, at this last leg before Mashiach comes, even the Kabbalah is not is not is not is not the solution. Proof is we're still lost, and we're lost big time. Like we said, the majority of Jews have no Kesher to Yiddishkeit. So there is a fifth level of the Torah. Okay, it's this level of the Keter. And the Keter is tapping in to the infinite light, the highest levels, and bringing it down to every single Jew. This is what the Baal Shem Tov initiated. Chasidut. What does it do Chasidut? Why is it something special? It's able to take highest secrets and bring it down to a regular Jew, a layman, who has no preparation. He's like a janitor. He's cleaning the bathrooms and everything. But to make him feel a connection to Hashem, that's Chasidut. That's what Chasidut is okay it's the guy who's learned it, I earned it I earned the title okay you're great you earned it but the poor guy who he doesn't, doesn't know how to earn it what are you going to do about him so he's chopped liver he's finished so to give the opportunity for every Jew to feel connection to Hashem not just the elite not just the, the, the tzaddikim the big tamid so how about us how about the regular guys we're finished that's what the galut was doing so comes along the Baal Shem Tov, reveals a way that it's Yiddish is for everybody Simcha, Emuna, the teachings of Hasidut, of having this connection from tiny things, finding moral meanings from the deepest things—that's unbelievable. Okay, came Rav Nos, Rabbeinu now, <clears throat> and he's the, he's the, if you want to say, an expansion of this. Like uh, we have the Breslev version of the story told on the last day of Pesach, uh, Pesach, where in this, the version that we tell in Breslev is that the Bal Shem Tov and his daughter Odil and his uh, his Talmid, Rav, Rav Tzvi Hirsch. So far, they were on this boat trying to get to Eretz Israel, and it was mama shaking and it was gonna be, be broken. So, Baal said, Listen, it's a choice. Or we throw down my manuscripts into the sea, or you, my daughter Odil, go into the sea. In other words, suicide. So, she said, If it's a choice between you, your writings, and me, I choose to go into the sea. And they were sad to hear that, but there was no choice. They started to lower down into the sea, and along the edge of the boat, She's about to touch the sea with her foot, and then she indicates, pull me back up, pull me back up quickly. They pull her back up. She says, Abba, you can throw the writings, your writings into the sea because I'm going to have a grandson who's going to write much nicer writings than yours <laughs> in the world. I got that? That's the rest of of the story. And her grandson is uh, Rabbeinu, Rabbein Ahmad, okay? So now Rabbeinu said about himself, he said he's a pele. Pele. The Ramak says Rambashikor Devero in his book. It's called the uh, pardes Rimonim. There's a chapter, chapter 23. It's like an encyclopedia of, of 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 concepts of Kabbalah based on alphabetical order. So under pele, pe, it says pele is the term for this level of the Keter, this high fifth level of the Keter is called a Pele, okay? Pele is the gateway because Pele means something which is muflami mecha, something which is far, far removed from you. This is the level of the Pele. <coughs> Rabbi Nachman said his thing is with the Pele. His thing is to get people to, to connect to the Pele, this fifth level, the Keter, okay? So it's no wonder, people always ask, how come you brestivers have such an upside-down life? Look at the, 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 the liturrish neighbors, and the chassidish neighbors, with the kids, with the pious, and the al there. Everything's nice and everything. And you brestivers, ups and downs. What is does Ali do? You got to be normal like everybody else. You can't wake up in the morning, have your sed there, your daf go to work and come back and be like status quo. You can't do like everybody else. You guys have to have it so upside-down. And the answer is yes. Why? Because we're after the Pele. You guys or the rest of the status quo Jewish world, you're after pshat, HaMesh Drash Sod. You're happy with those four levels of the Torah. You know there's more out there, but no, no, Shalom Aleyi Nafshi, I want to be comfortable. I want my comfort zone. Let me stay stuck in the parameters of the four levels, even though that's what's not needed now. What's needed is a higher level because the challenges are getting big. If it's not them, it's their children, it's going to happen. Everyone's going to get hit eventually on the challenges of this last leg of Galut Edom, where you need the level of the Pele. The level of the pill is what's needed to combat what we're being attacked with. The attack on, the now, AI. <laughs> what's AI now? AI is, is the maximum of Galut Edom, the Medame. You see something which is not really there, and, you're, and they can fool you that that's really it. <laughs> that's AI now, okay? So now the Medame, the imagination, which Rabbi Nachman said, we have to give a new name to the Yetzirah. We have to give it, the Gemara says there's seven, the Yitzhak has seven names. We have to give a new name, and the name of the Yetzarah is called Koach Hamedameh. That people's visions and their perspective is totally off, totally distorted. They can't discern, differentiate between right and wrong because they're, you're being fooled to the, to the maximum degree. To get out of that, you need a high level of Torah, a light, a light of Emmet, a light shining from Emmet. Which shines into the person's darkness. This, by the way, is the light of Chanukah. The light of Chanukah, the Arizal says, I don't remember exactly how it works, but it's Ekyeh times Ekyeh. There's a holy name that in the, in the Kitri Ari, you have to have this meditation on this holy name, Ekyeh. Ekyeh is the name associated with the Keter. Every sphera of the ten Sefirot has a different name of Hashem expressing what it does. The There's Yudke, Vavke, Shakai, Tzvakot, Elokim, Ka, Kel. But Eke is unique to this level of Keter which translates as I will be. That's the name Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu when he's going to take out the Jews at Harsinai. Tell the Jews Eke is, is sent me to bring you out. Right, The God Eke. So Eke translates as, I will be. Rashi says there, by the way, that Eke means they're going to receive the Torah. I will be there for them. Originally was Eke, Asher Eke, just like I'm there for this galut, I'll be there for other galut. And most says, that's too much. You can't tell them about another galut while they're going to the another one. You're right, that's what I meant. Eke, Asher that I'm going to be there for them to reveal the Torah at Har Sinai. Okay? So Eke means patience. I'm going to be on a personal level. Okay? Now the light of Hanukkah Darizal says it's Ekya times ekye. So it's the Gematra of ekye, which is 1021 times 21. And please correct me if I'm wrong, it's supposed to equal emet. Truth. That's 441. So 21 times 21 is supposed to equal emet. 441. We can do the the 111. Yeah. Okay, very good. So meaning, the light of Hanukkah is to bring a light of emet in this galut of Edom. Okay? It's a it's a crazy galu we're going through to shine the light of truth. So I don't be fooled. I can't be fooled. Okay, this is the Hanukkah, by the way. So going back, this this uh, this is what's needed now. What's needed is the pele. But the way the keter works is you have to have setbacks. You have to be patient, patient. You want to go forward in your Yiddish guide? No, wait. You're not ready yet. And where do they push you back to the beginning? That's hinted to also the Ner Hanukkah. The, the halakha, the minhag today is what's called Mosif Veholech. You light on day one, one candle. Day two, okay, let me continue from yesterday. Why we have to go back again to number one? Why every day I have to go back again to one? And day three, go back to one. What is this? You know, it also Mosif Veholech makes you makes it understand. Mosif, from where I left off yesterday, Veholech, from that point. Mosif Veholech, from that point. No, they tell you go back to day one. Because the idea of going back to day one is the idea of the Keter. Look at that. You're being pushed back to the beginning, the starting point again. Again. Yes, again. That's how you're going to advance. But I'm almost there. No, get back. Go back to zero again. <laughs> they push you back to zero. Starting point again. But well, I'm almost there. No, you get to two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight six, seven, eight. Eight days, okay. Then you make it. But the idea of the light Chanukah lights is you're always being pushed back to the beginning because it's to activate the light of eke. Eke times Ekir this light of the Keter that's the idea of the Nehut chanukah and it's set up that you're being pushed back so going back this level of Pele demands that you have patience Katar and the patience is in the format of being pushed back so now all this connects to what we said in the beginning. The way you can handle the setbacks in life is if, only if, you're working on being the If, because you, you, simcha now has a goal. It's not, oh, you'll be happy, man. It's okay, it's going to be all right. Oh, I love the don't worry, man. Smoke a joint, I right, man. That's, that's, that's not the thing. Simcha has a goal. The goal of the simcha is to get you to the keter. It's a passage we mentioned in Sardash The V'simchat olam... Al Rosham. To the Simcha that you had, you maintained in your Yiddishkeit while in this crazy upside-down world, Olam, which means halama, Al Rosham. You get to the Keter. You get to the Keter. That's the secret. That's why Rabbi Nachman said so much emphasis on Mitzvah be B'Simcha, Tamid, and you have to focus on the Simcha. There's a letter Rav Nosen writes in the beginning of the uh, Elim Chufa, a letter 40-something, 50-something. Rav Nosen warns his son, and if you see other breast of Hasidim walking out with a Tisha face and very serious, don't learn from them don't think breast of means having a serious face and broken and hearted and everything, okay, don't learn from them, because I received from Rabbeinu otherwise, that, it's not that the way, the main way to enter serving Hashem is Dafka besimcha. and ah, you see other breast of a serious, don't learn from them the derech has to be besimcha. okay we went in Shabbat a little, for those who were here uh, Rav Nosin brings the fabulous five There's five advices Main advices How to constantly be besimcha. And if one doesn't work, you use another one Another one doesn't work, or if the combine, combine Five, the fabulous five from Rav Nosin. This is in B'Ka Toda Chavav Number one is telling jokes Okay, telling jokes So I have a joke to say Some heard it, some didn't hear it Okay, Well, just for those who didn't hear it There was a woman who called her husband he says, yes. she sa- he says, yes dear, how can I help? She says, tell me a joke. He says, honey, I'm in the middle of cola learning, what a joke. She says, not right, right, tell me another joke. <laughs> okay, the smile induces good vibes, good chemicals, whatever you want to call it on a, on a, on a scientific <laughs> level, whatever. But, but on a deeper level, this is what allows the neshama to be a vessel for receiving the keter. Because when you are happy, you're, you're relaxed, you're calm, you're good. You can take anything, right? When you're in a happy mood, in, in Eretz Yisrael, for example, they do something smart. This is the second advice. Second advice is to be happy, to put on music and dance and everything. In Eretz Yisrael, they're smart. They know how to make money. Friday, the stores that sell, you know, uh, pistachios and nuts and everything, they blast music in the stores so that you're happy to come in and you're in a good mood, you start buying more than you need. You better buying, you know, give me a kilo mise, give me kilo mise. You don't have the money, but you're just in a good mood because the music's on. It makes you feel good. They're very smart, the stores in well, the bakeries and everything. Even here, I saw that in Borough Park. They put music on Friday because that what encourages people to be in a good mood and you want to buy more. You forget about your tsaros. I don't have money. It's okay, Shabbos, it's okay. And after Shabbos, they say, why did I buy so much? <laughs> right? Th- that's, that's the second advice of music, nigunim, because this, this has a power to put you in a, in, in a good mood I remember that video they put of the Schwarza and he's saying, Kaiser, Kaiser Kaiser, yit <laughs> and he says in Dracus, he's singing in Dracus just the power of nigunim to get people happy, okay, unbelievable, that's number two, number three is of course, Rabbeinu Zazama, finding the good points, yes, you have to find the good points you have to focus on the good it's easier said than done, I know we know but at least to know the direction here, that the, the, the finding the good points is fundamental. Number four, giving thanks to Hashem. hodaah Giving thanks to Hashem, which is, is, we learned this together this morning, in order to give thanks to Hashem, you have to be able to diminish yourself. When you feel you don't deserve anything, everything is just a gift, so then automatically you can give Hodaah. Automatically. If the person says, no Magieli. look, I went to bed early to try to wake up for chatzot and wake up for a net and I wake up at 10 in the morning, I deserve to wake up on time. Look, Hashem, I did so much. No, you're not ready yet. You think you think you think you you deserve it. That's the whole thing. You have to be hit a little, smacked a little more until you get into your place. I don't deserve anything. Everything's a gift. And then you begin to, be, to have appreciation for every tiny thing. Every tiny thing. That's number four. And number five, which is really the spitz, also, is that you have to take your perspective of life and look at the big picture. <coughs> For example, when we scream at our kids, you know, because we're looking at the child like this, oh, tuck your shirt in, you look ugly, fix your pants, fix your up. because we see like this, push the child just away, oh, you're so cute, you're nice, you push him farther, he looks nice, but when you come close, You see see all the the negative things. You know, I see your tits outside. I see you have a black mark here. You have little little phlegm, uh, mucus flowing down your your cheek over here. Now, come on, set up. You look at the flaws because you're looking too up close. But if you push farther, oh, you're nicer and nicer and nicer. When you look farther, it looks good. It looks like Rabbeinu said about Am Yisrael. Am Yisrael is like an orchard with many trees, a vineyard, an orchard, whatever. And when you look up close to one tree, you see on top the, the, le- the, the leaves are withered and drying up. And the fruit here, there's, there's, there's worms in this fruit. When you look close up at a tree, you see the defects. But he says, but you look at the orchard, and the, the orchard is an orchard, the tree is a tree still. In other words, the general picture is pleasant. It's when you look too up close, you see the, the, the defects. So too, Rav says, when you look at your life just at the present and only the present, you're bound to see chesronot. You're bound to see. The way is you see up close just now, everything's negative. So what to do? You got to step back in your life, look at your life in the real of 6,000 years, your little bit of life of 120 years, if you're lucky, in this real of 6,000 years. And you look at the whole picture and you see from the whole perspective, wow, I'm a part of this. And in the end, is gonna be tchat amitim. <laughs> there's gonna be a reward. There's gonna be something good to live for. So I can connect my present to the future. I want to be happy about. If I'm just the present, <laughs> of course it's gonna be negative. I'm always, eh. Like the perfectionist guys, they want, they're want. they looking, everything has to be okay now. Now, it has to be okay and square and rigid. And they're always uptight, always negative. So what to do? You gotta step back, connect the present to the whole picture, to the future then you can take it, even though you want things to work out nicely, okay? but not out of a, a perfectionist attitude that has to be perfect and perfect, because all I have is the present. Don't look only at the present, look at the present connected to the whole picture, and you see good. He said, Rav well, this is the ultimate advice for Simcha. The ultimate advice for Simcha, uh, you look at the big picture. So in Brestov, they say, there's five eight sots to build these five levels of Simcha. And Rav Shmuel Shapira, I think he would say, it's, it's hinted to in Layudi, Maita, Ora ve Simcha. Ora, and then sin mem, chet he. Ora, z'rashir uman rosh Hashanah. Okay, uman rosh Hashanah. Rabbeinu said what? Ra'wi ilo lismorach, lismorach, kol Hashanah. Rabbeinu himself said you have every reason to be happy the whole year. Boch Hashanah rosh Hashanah. no my life is upside down. Boch Hashanah, boch Hashem, That's always what you can always throw yourself on. That I was I was by this tzaddik. And he is like my protection. He's my lawyer, my attorney, everything. He's going to do good for me. Boch Hashem. I made the the journey. The, the the this year was a difficult journey there and back. We all went through a lot of bumpy rides to get there and back. Okay, so we have what to be happy about. Baruch Hashem. That's uman rosh Hashem. Number two, shulchan aruch. Sin is like Shin Shem the same breast of is shulchan aruch. Learning halacha is so important. Even just minimum, you can't learn halacha. I don't have the the, the uh, attention span and capacity to learn mishnah Bura and shulchan aruch and everything. Fine. Learn two little lines, something two halachot minimum, just to keep you normal. Because what halacha does, what, 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 what Bainu says about halacha is phenomenal. He says that inside you, you have a lot. Of, everything's mumbled and jumbled. Everything's mixed up. The good and the bad is so mixed up that you can't differentiate. What's needed is to first separate the good from the bad, and then you can do Hidboridut on this. Rav Nussan builds on this idea very big in his very, very last discourse before he passed away. Rosh Chodesh Rav Nussan goes into the power of Hidboridut and the power of learning Halacha. Halacha, what it does, it makes a separation of the good and the bad within you. Because Rabbeinu says in Likudimran, several places, Lesson 54, for example, that Halacha is a clarification, it's a Biruch. When there's a psak halakha, okay, kosher, non-kosher, kosher, okay, clarified, pure, impure, pure, impure, whatever, it's clarified. You know, uh, forbidden, permissible. When you learn a halakha and you have a clarification what to do, so halakha, Torah, is the root of everything in the world. It's the root of creation. So when you learn a, psa, a clarification in halakha, so it causes the machlokit inside of you, because it's machlokit. This rabbi says like this, rabbi says halakha is like like, like who? So it's a clarification in the world of Torah. And then that's the root of what you're going through, the the conflict inside of you. So when you learn halakha, it has a rippled effect automatically. Forget about just the the halakha to apply it. Just learning the halakha itself and knowing what's right and what's wrong has an an effect on what's going on inside of you, causing some clarity. So again, people who don't learn halacha they're also crazy. shone <laughs> they learn halacha every day, did not say kol lomed shas kol yom midrash kol shone halachot halacha psuka minimum two halachot. And Rabbi Nachman, you see in Sichot Aran, he emphasized every Jew in the world, whether brester or non-brester, has to learn halakha every day. You have to. It's minimum Judaism, minimum. Okay, before Chumash Rashid, before Tanakh, Mishnah, Gemara, Halacha. I know people they learn the but they don't learn Halacha. What is this? Again, they lost the point. Even uh, who's big on this is Rabbi Tzach Yosef. He's always making fun of the yeshiva world that they learn Gemara, they don't, and they say where does it where does it say the mitzvah to A person who thinks like that is really off. And then the goal of learning Gemara, Tachlit Torah, is Chuvar Masim Tovim. How are you going to behave on a Halachic level? You have to know the Halacha. Come on. No, it's theoretical. We're just learning pilpul for the sake of pilpul, yeah. And afterwards, it becomes a pilpul. The guy is a mamash. So it's a learning halakha, learning torah for the sake of clarification. So and and what happens now? When you have clarification inside, that's already simcha. When you know what the problem is, when you know where the difficulty is, that's already chatzin Ah, uh, until now, I was so frustrated, so confused. I didn't see it clear. Halacha makes a clarification inside of you. So the good is here and the bad is. And the bad is still there but it's not intermingled with the good, so I can at least see clearly. That's halacha. Okay, that's Shuchan Aruch. Mem, mikveh. Mikveh is so important. We killed ourselves this morning. We're in the freezing cold mikveh. I have to say Brikata Gomer, I think with my toes. Mamash. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, mamash. Call kabod. Mikveh. Rabbeinu said, the first thing, you have to build a mikveh, guys. Sure, you have to have a mikveh. Please, guys, work on the mikveh. Okay? Mikveh, Rav says, is Mlashon Tikva. Mikva tikva, because the verse says, when Ezra wanted to bring the Jews back from Bavel back to Eretz Israel for the baychini, so the Jews were intermarried. They married goyot, and Ezra said, just leave them here and come to Eretz Yisrael. And they were so broken, the Jews who intermarried, and they said to Ezra, haim Yesh Mikveh, is there hope for us? So Rav Nossin points out the verse should read according to Dikduk, Hayim yesh tikva for Tav. Why do you say mikveh for men? man? He said to show you the connection between the mikveh and tikva. That mikveh is hope. Meaning what? A Jew can be so upside down, but if he's consistent in going to the mikveh, Rav says this, he's guaranteed to get out of this world clean. Isn't that amazing? You can go through crazy things during the day in your life, but if you say, I'm not mevater on the mikveh, mikveh is priority, mikveh has to be there, Right? There are times when you can't do it. You're flying uh, 12 hours or 15, 16 hours from Miami to Tel Aviv. You miss, you miss the mikveh. What can you do? Sometimes it happens. You go on traveling, traveling. But on a normal, normal schedule, a Jew has to put it in his daily life that there's a mikveh. Because it gives you hope. It gives you hope. What the mikveh does, basically, is when you're sleeping, you, you've tasted death, right? And then you wake up, you have, and when you wake up, you have one sixtieth of the death. So they say that the negel vaso takes off that 160th, but there's what's called an aftertaste. There's a reshimu, which is not the actual taste, it's not the actual taste of this, it's the after effect of that, and that stays on a person. The mikveh, mamash, when you go in the mikveh, all the klippot get off of you, okay? That's what Rabbeinu said, by the way, that if a person has gone forbidden a mission, and he he has to say the tikkun that same day, Rabbeinu says the erkshte is mikveh. He said, you should strive to go first to the mikveh. Why? If the tikkunaklali does the job, why don't you need the mikveh? Just say tikkunaklali does the job. Why do you say also the mikveh? Yeah. Because it's two stages. The, the damage caused of creating demons, that the tikkunaklali takes care of. But now the influence it has on my body, on the physical <coughs> body and spiritual body, for that you have to get them removed. And that's what the mikveh does. As you enter the mikveh, the klipot come off. That's why I say a joke, it's serious though. Those guys are like schmoozing in the mikvah, it's not good. The guys are singing, how's it going, man, what's the latest, you know, the joke. Because why? The people go in, their clipas get off. So the guy's sitting in the mikveh, the other people's clip will get on him. So, right. so get out of the mikveh fast. Don't waste time in the mikveh. Like they say no man, let the ball that's let's set. Go in and get out. Don't waste time. is not a place to, to have fun and party. Oh, I don't, I don't exercise. I'm swimming. I'm, using, I'm swimming in the next... <laughs> He's too firm. He can't go to the local uh, swimming pool, Olympics, and um, he doesn't want to swim. So he uses his swimming lessons in the, in the mikveh. No. <laughs> okay, it's not good enough. And there's clip out there. So that's the idea of mikveh. Chatzot, this is a hard one, but Chatsot. getting up chatzot. It's not in to stay up until chatzot, okay, stay up. It's to get up, to break the sheina, to break your sleep, and to wake up for those two hours. That's not easy for people, but you should aim maybe once a month, once every two weeks, you know, ervosh to make it that one day of the month, I, I make sure I get up for that chatzot. Because it's Gan Eden. Chatzot is mourning over the Beit HaMikdash, Mourning over the darkness you're going through, mourning over the the of the tzaddikim, and like it says, las lasum Thank you. I have this here. Pe'er tachat efer. Pe'er tachat efer. Whoever mourns over Zion, they get pe'er glory instead of the efer. That's the exact opposite, same letters. Aleph Pei Resh, Pey, Aleph Resh, okay? So in other words, by you doing a mourning stage of, you know, feeling the lack of the Beit HaMikdash, the lack of the Tzaddikim, this is what brings you to Simcha. Just a story related to Chatzot, an amazing story. There was a breast a man in Poland, from uh, Sokolov, and his name was Rav Nachum Strax, Nach- Nachum Schuster. He was Mamashan and He didn't even know how to read Mishnayot, nothing. He just the letters of the siddur, basically, okay? And he got swept away in pre-World War II uh, uh, Poland. There was a lot of wave of livers and Hasidut of in Poland. And he got caught up with it also. And they convinced him to go, so this is before, before World War I, Mama. sorry, not World War II. Before World War I. He also went to Uman for Rosh Hashanah. He met these, the, the of the Hashem that they were there. And they convinced him to get up for Chatzot to get up at midnight and to cry over the Beit HaMikdash so he came back home after the Chagim after Sukkot he started getting up at Chatzot and going to the local base Midrash in the Ezra Nashim and he started doing Chatzot and he's screaming the words he has no idea what he's saying but he's saying the words in the city Sokolov there was a group of Lamdanim big Lamdanim they were learning all day and into the night even up to midnight, they were so into their learning. They were like, these were like geonim, mamash, bikiim, and, and, and shas, and poskim, and everything. And they would learn into the night. So when they would be leaving, they saw this Nachum Shuster coming in. And they're asking themselves, what is he coming in at midnight, this guy? What's he doing here? So they wanted to take a look at what he's doing. And they saw he's going to the woman's section of the basement dish, and he's on the floor, and he's saying, Tikul chatzot. And they started to crack up. This guy doesn't even know how to learn basics of Yiddish Yiddishkeit, and he's getting up at chatzot. Chatzot is like for Tzaddikim and stuff like that. What's this guy getting up at Chatzot? So they went to him, and they said, you know, Reb Nachum, leave this alone. Go learn basics, learn how to learn Aleph Bet, Mishnayot, and Chumash, Rashi. Do do things at your level that that can benefit you. Don't Leave this for Tzaddikim. This is for Tzaddikim. So he said, you hear what you guys are telling me? I have nothing. You're telling me I have nothing. It's true, I I admit, I have nothing. I can't learn, I have no brain. So I need the Beit HaMikdash. You guys are learning Tamid Chachamim. You don't need the Beit Hamikdash. They heard that; it shook them like a bolt of lightning. Say what? What's he telling us? What's he telling us? We don't need the Beit Hamikdash. Wait a second. Do we really feel like that? Yes, we feel like that. We're comfortable in Galut. We have Gan Eden. We're learning all day long into the night. We have Mamash Gan Eden in this world. We're learning, learning, learning. Everything's amazing. Do we need? Do I miss Beit Hamikdash? We don't miss Beit Hamikdash. She's right. And if I don't miss Beit Dash, I guess I'm off the track. I'm not, in the right, I'm not in the right ways. I have the wrong The wrong ways. Something is missing. They woke up. They heard these simple words from this breast liver, and they woke up. These were Rav Mordechai Sokolov, who became a very big Oved Hashem, and another guy named Chaim Gavriel. These two guys, they became a little simple pasher. He brought these big Tamidei Chachamim into breast liver. Okay? So going back, Chatzot is a consolation. And Mamash gives you a feeling, wow, I cried over, I feel the lack, and now I have the consolation. <coughs> finally, there's hay. Hay is, is the hitboridut. Hitboridut, like we said earlier, is the key for yeshuvadat, key for simcha, because uh, like Rabbi Nachman says, when you're able to pour out what's on your heart, you have things building up, building up, building up, and even if you're doing hitboridut consistently, the, 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 the buildup of what's bothering you doesn't come out always. It takes like 20 days, and finally it comes out. It takes 30 days, but it's there. And you're trying every time to express it. But because of your consistency, finally it comes out. So he says, when you're able to unload your burden that's bothering you, I got it off my back, off my chest. I'm able now to breathe. I finally expressed what I'm going through to Hashem. And by expressing it, you actually let it out. Isn't that amazing? You have something building up on you. It's bothering you. And you keep it inside, and you go like you continue like everyone else. tisha biaf, you everything, okay? But you finally let it out. You express it. What you do by expressing, by it articulating, the articulation of what's bothering you, what you're going through, actually lets it out. It's unbelievable. It actually lets it out. It's building up inside of you. What you're trying to do, need to do, is to expose what's inside, what's not healthy the things inside which are spiritually not healthy and bothering me, the speech of the, the, the articulation of, of expressing it, taking what's inside, and then bring it in word format, actually takes that out. So he says, after that, Rabbi Nachman, when you do that, you feel mamash, a major simcha. When a person is able to do a really good he feels an amazing simcha afterwards, because you let out the burden. So these are the five eight sots in Breslov that they give for working on these five levels of the simcha. And the simcha is needed for yeshuvadat to be able to wait and be calm and wait for that opportunity when Hashem opens the doors for you to advance with Hashem. Okay? So we have here simchat olam al-rosham. I think I spoke a lot. Just one final thing. In uh, Yud ke-vavke, the Swarm say you have hinted all these five levels of the Torah. Okay? You have the yud, which is the sod. We'll go backwards, par this, right? Sod. You have the first hey, which is the drash the Vav, which is the remes, and the last He. Someone asked today, you know, so isn't the greatest level of the Torah, the Torah Shebikhtav, Torah Shebaalpe? It's not, it's the lowest level. It's the last He, the final He. On this Yud, the first Yud, when a sofer writes yud Vavke, he has to do what's called Kotza Deut Yud. On the roof of the letter Yud, there's like a little line descending down. He can't make it too long, Mishnah Bura says it becomes like a Kachet. <laughs> it has to be little. And that's a fifth level. That's the Keter is what's beyond the, the, the idea of the sod, and that's the idea of the keter, so we're holding at this last leg of the galut and we we, we can only handle nothing less than the keter to give us chayut and our to hold on, it's nothing less than the keter, sod won't help alone, pshat won't help alone rem is just, no, you need the light of this level called the Pele shining in, that's what B'nechman said he's the like, Ish Pele, Nishmati Pele Gado, meaning his whole work like he said, my fire will burn until Mashiach comes, meaning he's now this last leg of this Galut, of shining in this light but to finish with a story, okay an amazing story, I hope you guys are still with me yeah? um, this story is brought around a sefer called Tovot Zichronot a true story, it took place about 1885, 1895 that three breast us went to Davin by Reb Ahmad's kever on Erev Rosh Chodesh. A regular Erev Rosh Chodesh, they went to Uman and Davin there, Avram Sternartz and another man named Mordechai Shuv, and a third individual, Pinchas Yoshua. Mordechai Shuv and Avram Sternhartz were brother-in-laws, and this Pinchas Yoshua was an elder man by that time. He was a surviving disciple of Rav Nosen, Pinchas Yoshua, so it's probably 1885, not 1895. And uh, they went to daven, and they helped walk, escort Rav Pinchas Yoshua up the hill to the kev of Rabbi Nachman. They were doing their davening, he was davening, and they finished early, and he was still davening. So they waited for him at the bottom of the hill. So after whatever time it took, when Pinchas Yoshua finished his davening, and he saw they were waiting for him. So he was happy. He walked down to them. When he reached them, he froze. And he let out a krech, oh! And they looked at him, hey, what's wrong? And he started looking at himself, like examining himself. He started examining himself. And they asking, is everything okay? And he said, Raboisai, I was just given a revelation of all of my Gilgulim. I just right now got a revelation of all my Gilgulim from the beginning until now. And he started telling them who he was, A, B, C, this time, that time, this time of the Tana, I was this person in this city, Amora, this time. And he said about himself, I'm a very, very, very awkward Nishama. He said, why? He said, every time I came back in the Gilgul, every Gilgul that I was in, I had access and knowledge of that tzaddik of that generation. There were tzaddikim of each generation. And he had this khut to know who was the tzaddik of each generation. In the time of this Tana, this time of El Mora, okay? And he came to them asking for a tikkun. I want help. And they said, the tzaddikim, you are so blemished, you're so upside down, we can't help you. You have no other choice but to come back. And he said an analogy, a mashal, like a mason who builds rows of bricks, right? So you, a, a mason, he has bricks, he, and if they're, not, not, they're odd-shaped, he has to chip them and chisel them down to be nice and square, <coughs> rectangular, to fit into the building. But sometimes there's such a stone that's so upside down, he chisels it <coughs> here, but it's not matching the other side. He tries to fix it there, and he has to discard, okay? So Rabbi Nechash said about himself, My neshama, the souls are called Avanim, like it says in Echa. Tishtapechna Avnei Kodesh. Yermia is lamenting over the Avnei Kodesh, the holy souls. So the Avanim are called souls. So the tzaddikim, they build, using the neshamot of Am Yisrael, a building, an edifice, that when it will be completed, Mashiach will come, b'zat Hashem. And all the neshamot are put into this building. So my neshama, I came to this tzaddik, asking for a tikkun, and he said, I can't help you. you're so upside down, you're so blemished. I can't help you, you have to come back. So he came back again, and again, and every time, they told him the same argument. You're so blemished, you have to come back again. He said he was really far off. And he says, but now, the buck stops here. This is my finest, final Gilgu. I'm not coming back anymore. And he said, why? He said, from the beginning of time until now, there's never been a tzaddik like Rabbi Nachman, who screamed from the depths, and emphasizing it. How do I say it in Yiddish? Please forgive me. Ein Shum Yehush God, I said Farhandan, Yiddish, uh, Yahush is Nish Farhandan, I don't know, I said whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're Yiddish, you know. Okay? So there's no such thing as despair. Give up! There's no such thing as despair. So he said the, that in Shemaim, there's no tzaddik in the world that stressed it, even though it's in the Gemara, where it says, <laughs> this concept that there's always hope, it's mentioned by passing in the Gemara, but without solid emphasis. It's like, it's an idea. Okay, you caught it. This Tzadik comes along and says, no, no, we're going to emphasize this point. Baolam Mamash. Okay? They say, Amar Hashem Mibashan Ashiv. It's a past right? Mibashan Ashiv. Bashan is Nachman ben Simcha. Bashan. Ashiv is Ein Shum Yehush ba'olam. Ashiv. Ein Shum Yehush Baolam. Okay? Mi Bashan. Ashiv. From Bashan. Nachman ben Simcha. Ashiv. Ein Shum Yehush. To bring back someone who's, who who's, who did, didn't give up. Okay? So he said about himself, Now I have hope. On me it said the psukim in Hallel. Even ma'asu ha'bonim the stone, the Neshama that the builders discarded, not only am I part of the building, but I'm a chashuv part, I'm the rosh I'm the cornerstone of the building. Why? You can't understand this. Me'et Hashem zot, flat it's pe'le, you see that? Me'et Hashem, this is from Hashem Haitazot, and it's the level of the pe'le. the flat. Rabbi Nachman's job is the pe'le, is Davka, it gives hope to the most lost cases in other words, as low as you feel about yourself, I'm finished everything, Rabbi Nachman's catch net underneath you is is already there, he's already (laughs) planned a catch net under how low you fall he already has under you a catch net to support you, to bring you back up if you don't give up, but no matter how low a person falls and just is broken there's always this catch net from underneath it, okay so, so Tzedaj said, it's a pele And now that this can happen even today, Hashem Such crazy, far stories can take place even now. It does not be like those Mahanaim stories from 200 years ago. But even, even today, you can have stories of, of miracles, of major transformations, of big neshamot being rectified in a big time. So, we should be zoche v'zat Hashem to work on our Simcha and this concept of the Pele because that's the only thing that can help us. He says in the mm-hmm. Rabbi Nathwan, I know I'm going on and on and on but this is an important point, that before Hashem allows the Neshama to come down to this world, so it's possible to be a Jew with regular mainstream Judaism, the traditional handed down-to-down Torah transmission is enough, okay, you can do it. I come from parents, grandparents, they learned Torah, they had Yiddishkeit, I can maintain my connection Hashem with that. But once Hashem sends a tzaddik down to this world, so there's a rule, for every positive force, if a positive force comes down to the world, an equal negative force has to also come down. So when Hashem gives the green light for big Nishama to come down, at that point it becomes impossible to connect to Hashem and without the help of, the, of, the, of that tzaddik, of the tzaddikim. So before the Baal Shem Tov's time, it was okay. Once he's in the run, that's it. You need the Baal Shem Tov, okay? Rabbi Nachman now, we see that people, the, nice, the nicest families, the most chasheva chasidish families and the litvish families, everything, and they have kids falling off left and right, Hashem Mirachem, where nothing talks to them. The Yeshiva doesn't talk to them, the Gemara doesn't talk to them, uh, therapist doesn't talk to them. They need the Pele. Rabbi Nachman does talk to them. So, Shmi Zoche, to get the Pele and to, to, to receive it by being the Simcha, because the Simcha is the prerequisite for getting to the levels that we're aiming for. Okay. That was. Amen. Wait, we didn't finish. Okay. Wait, we didn't finish. Okay. I know the time. What? It's late, right? Let's just listen. Everything we said tonight is taken from a lesson in the Kutay Mohan, lesson 24 the Mohan. How the Kutay works is phenomenal. It's a book that the more you touch it, the more you learn it, the more you begin to activate it. It's, like, it's, a, it's a living entity. It's not just a sefer. You can learn Gemara, Chumash, everything. Okay, it brushes off you very superficially and maybe eventually takes a... You believe it makes a change, but it's very... You don't notice. By Rabbi Nachman Sefer, it's like, like someone who's sleeping. Hey, Eddie, wake up, wake up. And, no, 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 okay, I'm, I'm up. When you touch the moran and you touch it again and touch it again, you go into it, articulate the words you begin to activate it you begin to see things happening in your life that were not happening at all before you were learning this lesson and when you start learning this lesson oh my god i'm seeing this it's like 3d hooji booji comes out into life it comes into actual reality it's unbelievable there's no book like this in the world that you learn it things start happening at work and on the street and home with the wife and the children and this and that you begin to see ramazim like popping out boom 3d it's coming out in your face, okay? That's one thing. Number two is on this book, Timran, Rabbi Nachman, he, he advised his disciple Rav Nossin to write prayers on these lessons. And he said this concept, which is called Lasot mitorot tfilot, to turn Torah lessons into prayers, it brings such a delight to Hashem no, that from the time of creation, there's never been such a shashua that when you take a Torah idea, and re- 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 uh, rephrase it, re-present it in prayer format, it is literally far, far-reaching. So Avnossin wrote prayers on the lesson of the Kutay What that does is it bridges, from what you're learning, the potential, into actual. So it's two stages. It's learning the lesson to bring out uh, a healing remedy for the Neshama, and then davening about it is what makes the connection. So we prepared here a, uh, and a QR scan for a WhatsApp group presenting this lesson in a 40-day challenge. 40 days, but very easy. Uh, we did this a year ago. It was too heavy. People didn't do it at all. Here it's like a minute a day. It takes a minute of the day. You can take it with you in or your learning session. What the goal is, is to see a change in your life in this area of the Simcha. If this, talk, if this class talked to you tonight and you do want the Simcha and you're going through the challenges of the Keter, Okay, and you see that happening? So to activate a change uh, from this lesson, it's a challenge 40 days of saying the lesson and saying the prayer on the lesson. And the challenge is, after 40 days, did you see a change, yes or no? And if you want to continue with this lesson on a high, a deeper level. So we have a, someone can just pass this around here. This is the first thing here. There's a QR scan. You can pass this around if you don't mind. Okay. And finally, Uh, Second QR scan to help us and what we're doing. Uh, We're doing breast of therapy. This is breast of therapy, by the way It took a year to prepare this class, by the way. It wasn't a a lot of hard work And on the bottom of the page you have what we do and any help would be appreciated, Bezat Hashem. So Shavua Tov and uh, Have a good life (laughs) Fine and and nice